Today's guest is the CEO of Absorption Pharmaceuticals. After retiring from a successful career running a semiconductor engineering business, he invested in Promiscent and later came on board as CEO in early 2012. Welcome to the show, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of Mirror Talk. I really appreciate your presence here right now. Um, you know, before we started recording, we were already, you know, um, vibing and having a wonderful discussion. I was like, yes, we just have to <laughs> start recording right now. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for this time. Um, your story of beating all odds is so inspiring. Like I said before we started recording, um, is it possible for you to share a bit with us how you grew up in a poverty-stricken town, moved to California, became successful, retired, came out of retirement to become the CEO of um, Absorption Pharmaceutical? Yeah, it's an interesting story. I grew up in a you know lower middle-class area, and uh, but you know one thing is I tell people. When you're born poor, you don't realize you're poor until mm -hmm. later on in life when you get around people who have money because everyone where I'm from is in the same boat, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't until I went to college, I was like, wow, I saw my roommate getting $100. This is in 1975, $100 allowance a week, you know, from his parents. Mm -hmm. I got nothing ever, you know? And it was like I had to scrub floors in the cafeteria to make my $20 a week because mm -hmm. back then they paid 85 cents an hour in 19. You know, uh, 75. And, you know, I always had a burning desire to be successful because I tell people that I saw my mom and dad argue and fight over money all the time. And in my mind, I had this vision that if you had money and you were successful, you would always have great relationships because the only reason my parents fought was always over money. So I thought, oh, that's the key to having a good relationship. I didn't realize once you have money, you fight over other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, how much true. the other person spending, you know, and <laughs> all this kind of stuff. That's so true. early on, I had this warped view that money cured all the problems because I didn't like hearing my mom and dad argue and fight. And since it was always about money, I thought we have money. So that was why I initially primarily wanted to be successful. And, you know, with poverty comes anxiety. You know, I can't have new things. I can't have new clothes. I, I, all my cousins are all male. Mm -hmm. So I got all the hand-me-down clothes, you know? Yeah. And I remember times when my friends would go do something, they go, hey, you want to go do it? And when I was eight, 10 years old, and I had to say no, I had to make an excuse. Oh, I got a headache. I got a stomach, whatever. They were going bowling because I knew I couldn't go ask my parents for $2. They didn't have it. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so... I literally thought to myself, I don't want my kids to grow up like that. Even though I had a great childhood, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of economic anxiety. So my early desire to do well was based on some of the anxieties and insecurities that I experienced because we had no money. Hmm. I then, when I started working and started having success, once you get security and the anxiety goes away, I was really intrigued. I'm a builder. I don't like the idea of taking an existing business and go, let's get 2% more on the margins. You know what I mean? I love mm -hmm. creating. I love the idea of taking a theory, taking an idea and turning it into a business. Yeah. That takes a tremendous amount of creativity. It takes a tremendous amount of resolve and drive. That's what I'm all about. That's my thing. Yeah. Once I get it up and running and it's successful and long-term future secure, 
I'll let someone else come in and grind the extra 2%. You know what I mean? <laughs> put all yes. the, it's, it's not interesting to me. Mm. I'm a creator. I'm a builder, you know? Yes. So once I got to the point, especially when I retired the first time, I had enough money to live very comfortably the rest of my life. Mm. But I realized that the challenge is what fuels me. The idea of making it happen over and over again and replicating success yeah. and creating wealth for other people, my employees and my companies over the years have all changed their life because I believe in empowering employees, making them part of the equity structure of the company. Number one, it makes them much more motivated knowing if the company succeeds, they get more than a paycheck, they have a chunk of equity. But at the same time, I like to hire good young people who become part of my extended family. So to help them change their life and have financial security gives me a tremendous sense of satisfaction. Yeah. You know, yes. I know what it's like to worry. I know what it's like to be insecure about money and stuff like that. So when people that I care for are able to do that, I enjoy it. I enjoy being part of that, showing them the way. I had been a big brother for seven years in Southern California before my son was born, you know, helping, you know, young men mold themselves that didn't really have a good role model. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that because I had wonderful role models. You know, my grandfather, my dad, you know, some of my uncles were just people I looked up to, you know what I mean? And thought were really good people. And I modeled myself after them. Yeah. They were ethical and kind and compassionate and very family oriented. None of them had financial success, but they helped give me the ethical and moral compass still guides me to this day. Mm. I wanted to take what I had learned from them and then add the financial component that was missing, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm sure yes. my son is looking right now and saying, you know, I want to take the ethical nature and the hard work and drive and financial success of my father but maybe work a little less so I can have a little more enjoyment in life and not be out there grinding every day at 65. Yeah. Cause you know, my son, he's very ethical, very successful. He's hardworking, but he's always like, dad, do you take a vacation? Well, as soon as I get to this next hurdle and it's like, you've been saying that for 10 years, you know? And <laughs> so I do know that I tend to be a workaholic and mm. to a certain degree at a certain point you have to go, Hey, the balance in life is extremely important. Mm. And that is an area that I need to work on. But that's what brought me to this stage of my career right now. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for also, you know, pointing out the importance of having mentors in our lives, of having people that, you know, help us to form our, um, you know, our lives basically in some ways or the other. Yeah. I think um, it's extremely important. A lot of the most successful people you have in the world, if you really ask them and they're honest with you, they did have a mentor. They did have someone that they looked up to that helped guide them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And one thing I found, I also found very awesome in your story is that, you know, when you were working in the corporate world as a, um, in the tech world, for example, you, you helped women to, to, you know, to fight this discrimination war, basically like um, you helped in changing the hiring, the hiring process or practices of a giant um, corporation. So is it possible? Hyundai, the big Korean company. <laughs> I had this yeah. huge contract and I was very successful. I'd work with them. And then one day they were like, okay, we need you to streamline the process. I'm like, okay, great. What do we need? They mm. go, no women, no blacks. We don't like those. Oh. I'm like, excuse me. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I hadn't worked with them 
overseas in other areas. So I knew what they were like, but I'm like, you're in America now. You're going to follow our rules. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. We must do. We tell you you're our agent. I'm like, listen, I'm not doing that. You must, mm-hmm. you must. And I said, listen, I'm not asking you to marry anyone. I'm not asking you to breed. Okay. I'm asking you to hire the best person for the job. Okay. Mm-hmm. They just kept it up. They refused. No, no, you must do this. And if you don't listen, we're going to fire you. So I contacted the president of Hyundai North America, set up a meeting. It was like, Hey, you know, this is going on. He goes, does anyone else know? I go, no, he goes, I'll handle it. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, great. So I go in the office, tell my employees, I got it taken care of. He's going to handle it. Oh, great. An hour later, they call up and fire us. I was like, what? I was like, wait, that wasn't exactly what I had in mind by you were going to handle it, you know? Yeah, yes. So I thought it was just heinous and I knew they were going to continue to do it. Mm. So I took them to court and they tried crushing me. They're a huge company and their way of dealing with it was silence the messenger. Just, you know, ruin my reputation ruined my company and it was a brutal four-year fight and I took them down. Wow. It was the truth. Yeah. And a lot of people said to me afterwards, oh my God, you're a hero. You walked away from $1.6 million mm-hmm. to literally fight for people. Cause obviously I'm not African-American. Obviously I'm not a female. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. and I said, listen, I will never turn my back on people who need a voice. I will never turn my back on people who were being victimized in some cases without knowing it. That's not how I was raised. Mm. And, you know, money's important, but never over principle, never over ethical behavior, never in place of being morally sound and doing the right thing. So I was very, very proud of, you know, taking them down because it changed the nature of that facility. I I remember people telling me they went in there like after that happened, they go, Oh my God, it's like the rainbow coalition, tons of females, <laughs> different ethnicities. And they go, uh, cause the EEOC came in and made them, you know, mm. do, and that gave me a tremendous sense of satisfaction, you know, mm. that that was directly and specifically because of what I did. Yeah, that's good. That's awesome. And would you say, um, something pushed you like would you say your like your moral lesson your moral compass helped you to gain courage to fight such a giant um corporation or what no chance no yeah no doubt about it without a doubt because think about it here i was some little poor kid okay Mm -hmm. that made something of myself and i had that opportunity no one ever said don't hire him because he's male don't hire him because he's you know white okay Mm -hmm. so I just wanted to make sure that other people were afforded the same opportunity that I was. Yeah. Okay. It was strictly a case of that's not right. And I'm not going to be a part of that because I didn't suffer those things. So why would I want to be part and parcel to someone else who was setting up a system to deny people an opportunity to better themselves? Yeah, that's true. That that, that won't be good. That won't be good. Yeah. It was, it was the right thing to do. Yes, that's that. I believe that. That's true, of yeah. course. And you know, you, you change that world and you give opportunities to a lot of women and people of color to you know start working in such um, corporations, and that's amazing. And then you know, afterwards you went on to retire. Then um, I learned up, you know, just your, your, your neighbor 
Dr. Gilbert, you know, gave you like a product to try out and you gave it a test to drive. And now you're the CEO of the company. Can you share that story with us? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy because so I retired and I was a single dad raising my son. Mm. So he left and went to college. And then I retired from my business all within a year. And I was running a thriving business yeah. and single dad totally involved with my son. So I went from being busy 24 seven, having nothing to do. Mm. So I was calling some of my friends. Hey, you want to go this? They go, I'm working. I go, oh, that's right. When you retired 53, everyone else is still working, you know? Yeah, yeah that's true. And so I was like, shit, there's not a whole lot to do. And so one day I went for my, Dr. Gilbert happened to be my neighbor, my doctor, my good friend, you know? Mm. And uh, I went in to see him for my yearly physical and everything. And he's like, hey, I developed this new product. You know, it's not taking off. I really believe we should be further ahead than we are. Can you give me your input? I know you're really smart, good businessman. One thing led to another. I go, what is it? He told me, I go, can I have a sample? Can I try it? He goes, yeah. And I tried it. I went, oh my God, this works, you know, really well. <laughs> and one thing led to another. I invested in the company and he said, hey, can you write us a business plan? So I did. Mm. And it really helped. The company started turning around. Yeah. Then they went, can you help me? write the next phase. I said, okay, great. I wrote the next phase of business plan. And they go, well, it's going to take $400,000. You know, we don't have that kind of money. I said, well, I'll invest that, but you have to do exactly what I'm telling you to do with this. And so they did and the company really start take off. Then in 2012, they asked me to take over the company and I was bored. You know, I'm not really geared up for total retirement, you know? Yeah. And so I took over the company and it started, to really take off and uh, we've had tremendous success. The products are really, really, really good. And they're all pharmaceutical grade. They're manufactured in pharmaceutical grade conditions with pharmaceutical grade ingredients. We have clinical trials. We have a medical advisory board. This is a very legitimate company and I've been very pleased by what's transpired. Yeah, so can you tell us about the products? Can you tell us what um, Promiscence um, does and how it helps, you know, men's and women's sexual yes. lifestyle? Yeah. Our, our signature product, the product that put us on the map is a male delay spray. Mm -hmm. So it allows a man to last much longer during intercourse. Believe it or not, the, let's step out of the realm of PE, premature ejaculation. Let's just talk about the average man. The average man lasts five minutes and 42 seconds during penetration and thrusting during intercourse. The average female takes 18 minutes to achieve climax during intercourse. So there's a term, it's called the arousal gap. But there's a lot of men who suffer from hypersensitivity, the penile gland, prostatitis, low testosterone. So a lot of these issues can cause a man to even, you know, ejaculate much more quickly than the five minutes and 42 seconds. So a lot of men you know, use all these coping mechanisms. <clears throat> they think about baseball scores or grandmother, you know, they really try not to focus on the pleasure and it makes their lovemaking distant. And a lot of men will tell you, well, I last long enough to satisfy my partner, but the last two minutes, I'm like, oh God, not yet. Oh, oh, oh not yet. You know, yeah. anxiety and intimacy are two completely separate emotions and they should never be together. You know what I mean? That's when you're true. intimate, you should be feeling pleasure and abandon and you know just like oh my god let me go with the flow not uh, you know not that little guy on your shoulder not yet not yet you know that kind of a thing yeah so the one thing is it's a it's a product that's designed to allow a man to last longer but let's face it 
even if a man rapidly or prematurely ejaculates, he still ejaculates. The woman's like, excuse me, I'm over here. You know, what about me? So I tell people that our product, even though it is used to treat a condition that affects men, has as profound, if not even more profound effect on the woman than it does on the man. Mm. Because she's not obviously climaxing or orgasming if he, you know, ejaculates in 30 seconds, you know? So it is the best product on the market, hands down. There's no question about that. We're in the protocol. There's 2,200 urologists and over 200 therapists that actually recommend it to their patients. So that's been really good. But even recreational, even people who don't qualify as having PE find tremendous benefit in it because they like the idea of instead of going, can I last long enough to satisfy my partner? It changes, do I want to give her two or three orgasms before I'm done? That's a very positive feeling as a man to have that control. So we had that product and went really well and we developed a very good identity. And then we introduced a couple different types of lubes, water lubes, silicone lubes, organic aloe vera lubes, and they quickly took off and became very successful. Then we had a female arousal gel, which is a a, a gel with these excipients that stimulates blood flow to the clitoris and vulva in a female, and that became very successful. Then we had a line of vibrators that we, you know, took to the market that became extremely successful. So we've grown to this company now. We our latest product is called Vitaflux. It's a nitric oxide supplement, L-carnitine, L-citrulline, L-arginine, magnesium, and zinc. It increases blood flow. So for a man, it gives you better erections. It also increases your libido. It helps decrease body fat and increase lean muscle tissue because of the increased blood flow. It helps lower your blood pressure. Same thing for women. It helps women who in their mid thirties to late forties start losing hormone absorption to moisturize. It also gives women a higher libido. So that's been a big success for us. So we've gone from this product that started out as a male delay spray to being a complete sexual wellness brand right now with you know, six or seven robust products. We also have condoms. We also have massage oils, but those are add-ons. They're not core primary products, you know, because people need to understand people. Oh my God, there's 20,000 different brands of condoms. Guess what? They're made in three factories in Malaysia. (laughs) One week they make 7 trillion Trojan condoms. The next week they make 7 trillion Durex condoms. There's not that much difference. (laughs) They're on our site specifically. You go, well, as long as I'm getting everything here, you know, I want to get my condoms as well. I tell people, don't come to our site specifically to buy massage oils or condoms. Those aren't our signature products. Come to buy the arousal gel, the Phytoflux, the Promescent Delay Spray. Those are our products that differentiate mm-hmm. and they're significant. Our vibrators are outstanding as well. So we're in a situation that, to be quite frank with you, we're growing continually. And people ask me, how many new products are you going to develop? I go, somewhere between zero and 20 over the next two to three years. I go, what? I go, think about it. Our mantra, our goal is every product that we introduce is as good, if not better than everything else in that category. Mm -hmm. If I find one a month that is as good or better than ever in that category, I will add those products. Mm -hmm. If I don't find a product that is as good or better than everything in the category, I'll never add another product. Because one of the things that we found very invigorating was when we added these products, we didn't have to do any specific advertising, marketing, anything. As soon as we put them on their site, they sell immediately. Mm -hmm. And so I sent an email out initially 
Oh, what gave you the confidence to buy female arousal gel? We're known as a men's company. And everyone's like, if it's on this site, we know it's top quality. We know you stand behind it a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, whoa. <laughs> then same thing with the vibrators. And then I was like, wow, we really have a brand here. We have an identity. Mm-hmm. It's very important for us never to lose that. Because the first time someone comes to our site and go, that product is eh. Then we lose that. If it's on this site, I know it's top quality. I know they'll stand behind it. We will never deviate. If I don't find another product that is as good, if not better than anything else in that category, we'll stick with exactly what we have. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's awesome. So the, the quality is guaranteed also. Yeah, yes. that, that's good. So for example, for a woman with, you know, having issues with arousal or for a man with suffering from premature ejaculation, for example, um, do they have to continue using these products in order to get the effects or they have to use it just for once or for a period of time and then they can get cured of this? The female arousal gel you have to use on a continual basis because it increases blood flow. Mm. There are some people, it depends on if their premature ejaculation was more psychological or physiological. Mm. If you have prostatitis, if you have hypersensitivity to penile nerves, if you have any of those conditions, you'd have to use the male delay spray on a regular basis. If it's more psychological, anxiety ridden, using it and then weaning off of it, we've had people to tell us I needed it to get over the hump because I didn't really have that feeling of inevitability. I didn't understand. Because for a man, he knows when the process starts, when you get that feeling you're about to ejaculate. Some men to have control over it, some don't. Mm -hmm. And some men have told us I use a product and I have much more of an awareness of that feeling of inevitability, and now I can control it. So if, if, if the product or, or if your, your premature ejaculation is more of a psychological issue, then you can eventually wean yourself off of it and not use anything. Yeah. If it is physiological, you know, low testosterone, uh, prostatitis, hypersensitivity, you will need to continue to use it. Mm, okay. And that's one of the reasons that I really like that we're diverse now because people always use lube, people always use condoms, people always use a lot of those things. So, because ideally, if someone can use our delay spray and eradicate whatever the issue is and not use it, we want that. We don't want people to be addicted to anything. Mm. And that's why it's good that we have a wider range, array of products so that we want to help people. We want people to have better intimacy. Yes, oh, that's good. Yeah, and that helps people to be better in bed, like your mother says. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, um, from your experience in this space, in this sexual health space, um, are there like some advice or tips you could give to us in order to enhance or to improve our sexual lives? I tell this to people all the time. People say, "What is the best tool for better sex? Better in bed?" And I go, communication, okay? Mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, I've never been, I've always been open in everything in my life. I've always been open and honest, you know, and I, I believe that being human means that you're imperfect. And the idea is you try to find and surround yourself with friends and lovers and other people that realize that you're an imperfect person because you're human but the imperfections you have aren't important to them and the strengths that you have are something that they find essential. Mm -hmm. That's what makes for a great relationship. Yeah. 
the idea that I found a perfect person. No, you found a person that's perfect for you, you know? Mm. And so I tell people that it's amazing because we'll have women that call, oh, my husband needs help, you know, like, you know, will this product help? And I go, how long have you guys been dealing with this? Oh, like 10 years. So what have you tried? Well, we've never tried anything. I go, well, what do you, oh, we've never talked about it. I go, wait, you're married to a person. Yeah. For 10 years, you sleep in bed with him every night, and the guy has severe PE. You've never talked about it. I, I can't fathom that. You know what I mean? Like, yes. if you're close enough with someone to be intimate, how are you not speaking to them? You know, mm. I, I'm shocked at how many couples literally tell us, you know, our sex life is bad. You know, we have sex on his birthday, my birthday, and Christmas, and that's it. I'm like, what? It's you know, it's crazy that people don't communicate. And a lot of times when a guy has PE, he becomes uncomfortable and some, you know, self-conscious and everything. And sometimes the female thinks he's just not interested. It's not that he's not interested. He's not feeling confident and comfortable, you know? And if all they did was communicate, they could get through it, but they stop communicating. They kind of live separate lives. So I tell people, the most important thing you can do for better sex is to communicate. And, you know, I don't know what it's like in Germany, you know, or in Europe, but I know in this country, there's still like this double standard. It's so hard to be a woman because a man wants his woman to be sexual, but not too sexual. You know, you have to, <laughs> that fine line because you're too sexual. Like, where'd you learn that? You know? Yeah. And, you know, if a man is, has a lot of partners and is promiscuous. It's a sign of prowess and power. You know what I mean? Mm. But a female, it's kind of the opposite way. I, I tell people it's very important for men to make their woman feel comfortable and make her feel that she's attractive and desirable, you know, that kind of thing. And it's, it's very important for a man to communicate to his woman that she's allowed to express her sexuality. We have a line of vibrators and so many women will tell us, you know, sometimes they have these surveys and they'll say, and they'll go, 70% of women have vibrators. And I go, yeah, and the other 30% lie. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's yeah. even healthy to use a vibrator in the context of your relationship. You know what I mean? Men and women are wired differently. Mm -hmm. You know, 37% or 38% of women have never orgasm due to penetration you know what i mean mm -hmm. and so many guys are uptight and they think the idea of a woman having a vibrator means that they are deficient yeah. hell no leave your ego at the door you know what i mean mm -hmm. i want my partner i want my woman to have as many and as intense orgasms as possible that way i know she's happy to take care of me you know what i mean yeah. don't go oh my god you're using a vibrator i must not be a good lover Go, let me use it on you, you know? Yeah. And I always tell men, too, that one of the first things you should do in a relationship when you get comfortable, because if it, if you say this right off the bat, you might see her running out the door, have your woman masturbate for you, you know? Because all women are different. God, I've never met a guy ever in my entire life who went, you know, I really don't like blowjobs. Never. I've never met a guy ever in my life who goes, I don't like someone performing oral sex on me. A lot of women sometimes will go, oh, I'm really not comfortable. And it's not that they don't enjoy it. They're worried about how their vagina looks, how it smells, how it tastes, you know what I mean? All this kind of stuff. And so as a man, you have to reassure your partner, you know, and you really need to encourage your partner to 
show you how she likes to be touched because, you know, I'm about to turn 65. I've never been married. So I've had a number of girlfriends over my life. And one time in particular just showed me how crazy the female anatomy is. Yeah. I was dating a gal who had a bit of a hooded clitoris and she literally needed direct, hard, manual stimulation, like 45 minutes of intercourse where she could climax. I'm not kidding you. And then after we had broken up, I was dating somebody else who literally could orgasm 10 times a night. I mean, she would sneeze and have an orgasm. And I was like, oh my God. And every man who has had a number of partners will know some women are like, I want direct pressure right on my clitoris, hard, you know, whatever. Then the next woman, you're like, oh my God, I'm very sensitive. You know what I mean? Don't even touch the clit, like go right around the vulva lightly. You know, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're like, how could that be the same species of person? I say, gender, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I always tell men, you have to be careful. If a man says to you, I have the exact same style, the same moves, it works for everyone, then you need to reevaluate because women are different. You need to understand each one. But the best way to do that, when someone masturbates, they're touching themselves in exactly the way that feels best to them. No one's going to masturbate and go, this is uncomfortable, but I'll do it anyhow. You know what I mean? Of course <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah. So if you can have your partner feel a high enough degree of comfort that they can masturbate for you pay attention they are touching themselves in a fashion that is most pleasurable to them they're doing exactly what feels the best notice where they touch notice the amount of pressure notice the frequency of the strokes and everything and you'll go oh now i have an idea of what she likes hmm. why have to stumble around for six weeks till you do it and then you notice it you know, she likes it. And a lot of women don't like saying to a man, oh, that doesn't feel good because they think they're hurting your ego. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I don't have any ego. You know, help me out here. Tell me what feels good, what doesn't, so we can get to the good part. Mm. Yeah. So communicate, <laughs> yeah. pay attention. You know what I mean? And focus on your partner's pleasure. Mm. It will come back to you a hundred times over. Yeah, that's a wonderful tip. Yeah, communication is key. Yeah. Communication sure. is key. Yeah, absolutely. Also, from, from your experience, you know, being a workaholic, like, you know, you work so hard and you to achieve your goals and all that. How does that um, influence your sexual life and how are you able to balance it up? I work an insane amount of hours and I'm very intense because it's when you're a small company wading into the land of the giants, it's not easy. Mm. I do take time out for obviously relationships and hopefully pleasure. And I'm very fortunate in the regard that, you know, when we decided we were going to start carrying vibrators and everything else, every vibrator manufacturer in the world set all these things for us to try out. I think I had like 37 vibrators in my room. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, call, I call my bedroom the lab. You know what I mean? Female, yeah. alcohol, all these different things. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I kind of joke and I'll say to my partner, we need to do a little research tonight. There's a new product we're working on, you know, that kind of stuff. Now, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not as energetic as I should be sometimes because there are sometimes I'm just like tired from work, mm -hmm. but I make sure at least a couple of times a week, I find the time to go, oh, I got to go do a little research for my company, you know? Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> kind of joking around, obviously it's, you know, pleasurable for me, mm -hmm. but you have to have a balance between work and play. And, you know, if you're frustrated, if you're angry, if you're, you know, all wound up and you don't have any form of release or any form of sexuality, you're not going to be a good 
CEO or a good marketing or a good friend or a good son or a good husband or anyone else. So it's very important to have that balance in your life. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Awesome. So can you share some of the things that, you know, um, promising does in changing the sexual health space right sure. now? Yeah. Sorry, I, I'm asking, um, can you share some of the, you know, things that Promiscent is doing right now in order to oh, change the sexual health space? Sure. What we're doing right now is we have a lot of campaigns. You see messages from me to a lot of our male viewers. Mm. Don't be intimidated by vibrators. Incorporate them into your love life. Your partner will appreciate it for you. I always tell men that if they suffer from rapid or premature ejaculation, I tell them, put one in the bank. They go, what do you mean put one in the bank? I go, give your partner an orgasm prior to intercourse. Because if you do, that's going to make you more relaxed knowing if you have a tendency to rapidly or prematurely ejaculate, you're going to go into it, go, oh my God, even before you start, I hope I can last long enough. But if you bring your partner to climax prior to intercourse, you're more relaxed because you know she's already experienced one orgasm, hopefully going to experience more, but that really helps. I have this saying that I've said over and over again, it's only podcasts and we keep saying it and it's true that no one ever looks down on a diabetic for taking insulin. Mm -hmm. No one ever looks at a cancer patient and goes, why are you taking chemo? We need to get rid of the stigma that, oh my God, you're using some supplement to help you sexually. I better hide it. I mean, why? Like we talked about before we went on air, everyone is going to the gym yeah. and dieting and getting Botox and getting their hair dyed and buying new clothes and purses and the latest fashion. Mm. Let's be real. You're doing that to make yourself more attractive to the opposite sex, or yeah. if you're homosexual to your same sex mm. and you literally, you feel better about yourself. Why would you take that same effort into making yourself better in bed? Why wouldn't you optimize your sexual performance when you're trying to optimize everything else about yourself? Yeah. Why are you eating right to be healthy? Why are you working out to be healthy? Sexual health is part of overall health, okay? So, you know, you're more relaxed after you have an orgasm, you're less stressed, you're more likely to be more upbeat. Do you ever think about this, that a lot of people say, you know, when I'm single, I'm not in a relationship, I can't even find anyone. Once I'm in a good relationship, all of a sudden, everyone wants to date me. That's no accident, because when you're in a good relationship, you're happy, you're having regular orgasms, you're connected to someone, and that radiates out there. And people want to be close and near that. That's exactly what that is. And when you're not in a relationship, you're desperate. You have this look like you're unsatisfied. So there's a correlation there that, you know, because people always say that, you know, I was single and I couldn't buy a date. Now I'm happy in a relationship. And everyone, what they're looking at is that positivity that it's generating from you, that happiness, that connection. And they go, wow, I want to be part of that. Mm -hmm. So that's why I tell people, make sure that you feel the same way, even when you're not in a relationship, so that you have that aura, that positivity, and you're not coming across as negative and bitter and frustrated. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So Thanks. we're helping to break down stereotypes. Mm -hmm. We've had a real consistent messaging to men, you're not alone, because a lot of men suffer in silence with PE. And we tell people, 
Even the average normal healthy man only lasts X amount of time. So we're trying to bring an elegance into the space. We're trying to bring education and information that helps people realize that this is a common issue that a lot of people face. Don't be uptight, communicate with your partner and address it. That's a good message to share. Yes. Yeah, it remove is. The, it really is. Remove the stigma and just be, yeah, just be free. Yeah, just live your life. Yes. Yes. That's good. So um, Jeff, I would still love to learn from, thank you so much already for, you know, sharing about um, sexual health. I really appreciate that. That's so, you know, enlightening, but I would love to learn from your, from your business um, and your life journey also, like your career journey too. Like you have this credential of helping a close to bankruptcy company into thriving and, you know, increase, you're increasing the, the year to year revenue growth of your company also. That's a wonderful, you know, um, achievement basically. So what advice would you give business owners out there who want to experience business growth and want to take their business to the next level? I always tell people that the success in business is multifaceted. Mm. The first thing you have to do is understand who you are and what you do. So many people go in or even start a business without doing the proper research and they go, I'm going to go into this space And then they learn two, three years into it. It's not a growth space. There's not that much upside potential. So the most you can do, you go in and compete against these established companies is carve out this little niche in a non-growth area that doesn't make sense. It's a lot of work with not a lot of upside. Sexual wellness, sexual health is the fastest growing retail segment that is out there right now. So we have to be positioned very, very well. I didn't come out of retirement to run a dead business that didn't have upside potential, okay? Yeah. The second thing is, so the first thing is to make sure you identify a growth area. Mm -hmm. So even if you get in and you just maintain your market share, the market growing is going to grow your company, okay? Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, always think long-term. There are so many times where people get in, they're running a company or they have their own business, I can make X amount of money. This might not be the best thing, but wow, it's going to generate some short-term cash, you know? And people get lured by that and they go in, they ruin their reputation. They have, you know, a a less than stellar product or a second-rate product and they lose the trust of their customers. Hmm. Have a long-term plan. Make sure you're properly financed so you don't have to just grab cash. Do it the right way. Develop trust. Hmm. And there's two ways that you can grow a business vertically and horizontally. By that, I mean, you can take your existing customer base and add products. So just by keeping the exact same customer base you have, you can increase revenue by having them buy additional products. Mm -hmm. But the most important way to grow a business, and the ideal is to do both, is to attract new eyes to the site. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a certain, and you have a certain core group of customers who come back over and over again, but, you want new eyes to the site. You want to work with people that will deliver large number of people that aren't familiar with you to your site to help build the actual customer base that you have. I don't like products that are one-time buy. If all we had was vibrators, I would be very uncomfortable because let's face it, everyone buys, especially these high-end vibrators, two, $300. And they're not going to buy another one for another two, three years. Okay. I love products where lubes and condoms and massage oil and female arousal gels, they have a monthly basis. 
we have the ideal scenario where we have product companies or individuals who buy monthly from us because they use our products every time they're intimate. And then every two years, I got to buy a new vibrator. You know what I mean? So those two things complement each other. You have this big purchase, you know, every 14, 18, 20 months, but then you have the steady repeat business over and over and over again. So you want to make sure that you have a business ideally that can grow both vertically and horizontally. Mm. And then number two, obviously you have to be astute enough to make sure there's enough margin for you that your shareholders or, you know, your employees will get bonuses and that, you know, you're not in it to just turn over money, you know, to, you know, sell $40 million worth of product. And at the end of the day, you go, we made, you know, a thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars. That isn't the reason you go in business. You go in business to provide value to people while at the same time rewarding your shareholders, you know, or the public, if you're a public company. So you have to enter the right market. You have to have the right margins. You have to have the ability to grow that business. And then you have to make sure that you run a very sound business. Mm, yeah, that's good. People trust you. One yeah. of the reasons for our success is people trust and they love us. Yeah. We have a, a tremendous following. And like I said, when I got those responses, we started introducing new products. You know, hey, what made you buy female arousal gel? Because, you know, they were like, if we know if it's on this site, it's top quality and you stand behind it 100%. Mm. That made me very proud. Yes, I could imagine that. Yeah. Well, uh, how, how, do you draw, how do you draw new eyes to your products, like new customers to your product? How do you do that? We have a number of ways. You know, we have influencers, we have newsletters. I go on a lot of podcasts. I've been on well over 200 now. Mm. And I try to be as honest and open and upfront as possible. And, you know, a lot of the podcasts I go on, we talk about politics, we talk about sports, you know, Mm. and people will sit there and go, that guy's really honest, you know, and, Mm. and I want to try these products. And some of our influencers are great. We have 2000 doctors that refer people to us. We have 200 uh, sex therapists that refer people to us. So we're very fortunate in the regard that, we're not dependent upon one source. It's just kind of a blend, you know, being a smaller company, we're not like GlaxoSmithKline or, you know, one of the big companies uh, that developed Viagra Sales Feature, they have a $200 million ad budget, you know, you know, we have to be more of a guerrilla company where, you know, use guerrilla marketing, where we reach people word of mouth. We incentivize our own customers to refer their friends, which they do, which is extremely good for us. Mm-hmm. So it's really a matter of just hard work. Yeah, I'd work, yes. There's no magic bullet. We just recently started doing TV commercials. Mm, nice. How does that work? I, <laughs> people freak out. They're like, oh my God, I saw your ad on TV. And I'm like, yeah. yeah you know, and that made me really proud mm. that yeah. we're now to that level. Because I was involved in developing the concept, shooting the commercials. And there's been a couple of times I was just watching a television show. Yeah. And there's our commercial. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. It makes you feel proud. Yeah. (laughs) It does. I feel like a proud papa. That's my baby. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. 
Oh, that's great. As in, Jeff, I'm really happy that, you know, in this episode, we're able to talk about your life, your, your story. We talked about sexual health also, which is so enlightening to me. And also, you know, a little bit of advice on business also. And earlier you talked about, you know, the importance of having mentors in your life because they help to groom you to become who you are today. But from all of these areas of life and everything that you've experienced in life, what are some lessons, some, the, what are the greatest lessons that you've learned that you would love to share with the listeners today? I would say the primary thing that has guided me in my life is just always be honest. Just always tell the truth. Because mm -hmm. if you think about it, if you tell someone a lie, you have to catalog it. You have to say, who did I tell it to? What did I say? Mm -hmm. And everything else, because it's not the truth. Mm -hmm. And it makes it really easy if you tell everyone the truth. Because you don't have to go, what did I tell them last time? I told them the truth. It never changes. It's very yeah. consistent, you know? That's true. So I always tell people, honesty is the only policy, not just the best policy. Because some people say honesty is the best. It's the only policy. Yeah. I'm not smart enough to have an iPad. Okay, what lie did I tell him? What, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just tell the truth. And it's always consistent. It endures, you know, which is good. Hmm. Communicate. Be open. Be honest. Be yourself. A lot of people... And, you know, when I was younger in life, I would tend to be the same way. They tend to think before they answer. What's, what would they want to hear? Mm. If you do that, you're setting up a false friendship, a false romance, a false whoever you're dealing with. When someone asks your opinion on something, tell them your real opinion. Yeah. That way, if you start developing a friendship or romance, whatever, it's real. Mm. Can you imagine if you know, someone goes, what do you think? And you go, what do they want to hear? You tell them what they want to hear. At some point you go, well, now I got to tell them that really isn't what I think. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the easiest way is just be honest. That way, if something develops a friendship, a business relationship, a romance, it's legitimate. It's real. It will endure. It will last. Yeah. That's critical. That's good. Yes. Oh, that's a take home for me. Be honest, be open and communicate. Yeah. Communicate. Absolutely. Yeah. If you do that in any aspect of your life, you're going to be better off. Yeah. Yes. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for sharing that. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. So can you give us some um, insight tips to what is coming up very soon in the sexual health space? Like, are there some new products that we've never heard about before that Promiscent is going to release very soon? <laughs> I wish I could say we have something coming down the pike. We have some general categories we're looking at right now, but nothing imminent. We just introduced a PE wipe in the beginning of this year because we have a spray and some yeah. people have told us oh man it's like i'm going to a club tonight i don't want to carry this little bottle around with me so we have this little wipe and this disposable little packet it fits right in your anywhere in your mm -hmm. thing so that was the latest product that we developed yeah. i can't really talk about some of the new categories because then some of our competitors go hey let's go put a product <laughs> in that category yeah yeah we are working on a few different things, but they're not imminent. It's not something we'll be introducing before the end of this year. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. But we have our eyes and ears open. And we're looking at everything that we think might be legitimate. You know what I mean? And, yes, yeah. But you got to be careful, like I said, because if you can't develop something that is cost effective and has good efficacy, then don't go to that category. Mm, that's good advice. Yeah, yeah. of course. Wow, Jeff, this has been so awesome. What's, what's the best way to connect and work with you for those out there who still have questions to ask you or things to still make inquiries about? What's the best way to reach I'll give to you, you every possible way to contact me. Yeah. My Twitter handle is Jeff Abraham, 
111. My Instagram is Jeff Abraham 111. Uh, my email address is jeff.abraham at promescent.com, P R O M E S C E N T. I answer every email that someone sends me. Love it's important you. that we're yeah. open and honest. You can direct message me on Instagram or Twitter if you follow me, and I'll answer there. Uh, it's I really enjoy interacting with people, finding out what they want, what they need, any feedback on our products. That's important for me moving mm -hmm. forward. I also don't hold back. If you follow any of my you know, social media posts, you'll find out that I'm an active supporter of Black Lives Matter. I have a lot of Black friends, and sometimes people say to me, why are you so pro-Black Lives Matter? I go, for this reason. I have a lot of Black friends who are my age and have children, okay? I have never in my life ever had the anxiety of worrying that if my son goes out that evening, he's going to be arrested, beaten, or murdered because of the color of his skin, okay? Yeah. You cannot just say, if a problem doesn't affect me, it's not a problem, okay? If my friends have anxiety, if my friends have worries, and their children are unfairly being targeted, that's an issue that I have to support them and I have to help them address, just like before with the Hyundai situation, okay? Yes. We have to evolve as a society past the point that we think, if it doesn't affect me, it's not a problem. It is a problem, okay? If other people have anxiety and are suffering unnecessarily, it is up to every one of us. In some cases, it's more important for the people who aren't suffering to take the lead. Mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah. Because they're a much bigger body of people. Yeah. And only they can affect the change, mm -hmm. you know? So I think it's really, really important. And that's one of the reasons when, you know, and... I, when Donald Trump was a candidate in 2016, 2020, I was very open, even on some podcasts, even in my social media stuff. I go, this guy's a disaster. He is a racist, bigot, you know, misogynist. And I remember some of my shareholders like, oh, you can't do that. You know, Republicans buy product too. And I go, I'm stating my opinion. Okay. Yeah. And it's, these are based on my life experiences. And One of the reasons that people buy our products and people feel very comfortable going and ordering because they hear me and they go, this guy's legitimate. Mm -hmm. He is not trying to be political. He's correct. He's not trying to spin everything. You know, there's nothing worse than a celebrity to ask him a question. So everything's middle of the road. They have no opinion. I have opinions. You don't necessarily have to agree with them, but I'll give you my truth and I'll tell you what I think. Mm -hmm. And it's because of <clears throat> my life experiences. And, you know, I feel our products are strong enough that no one's not going to buy our products if they don't happen to align politically with me, you know? Yeah. But I do feel that it helps the people go, this guy's not just talking shit, okay? Mm -hmm. He is honest, okay, <laughs> to a fault. Yeah. And I believe in it. I, my beliefs are my own. That mm -hmm. doesn't make them factual, but they are what I believe because through my eyes, that's what I've experienced and I've seen over the years. I want to be open and honest in all areas of my life. And, you know, I'm a registered libertarian. I'm not Republican or Democrat. And so when I was so anti-Trump, some people were like, oh, you must be this total liberal Democrat. I go, no, I'm a libertarian. I look at every, you know, uh, election and I go, who's the best person? 
Yeah. I don't care what their affiliation is. Mm-hmm. Even in my life, if I meet someone and I think they're a quality person, they become my friend. I don't care what color they are, what religion they are, what gender they are, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And even a lot of my business relationships from my past job, they're still my best friends. And they'll be afterwards, they'll go, oh, I didn't know we we're going to keep in touch. I go, you're my friend. It just so happened we're doing <laughs> business together. It's like, just because we don't do business, you have to like cut the friendship. I mean, that's ridiculous, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Life is short. You don't realize it when you're young. You realize it when you get older. Mm-hmm. And you meet quality people, maintain those, nurture those relationships and those friendships. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate this conversation with you. It has been so awesome learning from you. Thank you so much. So oh, good. it was my pleasure. And thanks for giving us the opportunity to connect with your listeners. <laughs>